What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Sarah Sad on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Sarah, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you like. Thanks, Shelly. Um, so I'll start my story how everybody else does. Um, my husband and I met in college. Um, we were 21 years old. Um, got married when we were 24. I was in my first year of graduate school to become a school psychologist. Um, So that's a four-year program. So we got married early on in that. Um, And I thought I was going to finish out my PhD. So we kind of thought, oh, we're not going to have kids until we're 30. Um, I want to get this degree finished first. Um, And then we had some changes in careers. And um, I decided to just do my EDS degree, which was four years instead of six and then we decided hey why don't we start trying to have babies um so we really didn't try too hard that first month um and i my husband and i both moved up to fort collins colorado we were living in denver at the time where my program was um but my husband had been commuting and we decided we needed to move so we bought a house Um, And then I got some job offers at that time, and I was noticing that I was late, um, but took a test and it was negative. So we went about our merry way, celebrated our new life that we were starting. Um, And then a couple days later, I was um, going up to Fort Collins from Denver for a job interview um, or actually to see which school district I wanted to work for at that time. Um, and I decided just to take a pregnancy test and it turned out that I was pregnant. So I was going to meet these school districts knowing that I was pregnant and I had this little secret. Um, so fast forward, I had my baby girl in December of 2014. Um, so really didn't have any problems at all. We knew we wanted to have three kids. That's what we've always wanted for our family. Um, So when my daughter turned one, we started trying again. And um, that first month, I kind of felt like I just knew I was pregnant. I knew what that felt like. I felt very different. I was on a vacation in Phoenix, Arizona with um, my family and kind of just had this hunch. Um, But then when we were at the airport, I started cramping really bad and I was a little bit late but I hadn't taken a test or anything um and I just kind of had a funky feeling that something was going on um so I had an appointment with my OB that next week and just was chatting with her about it and said yeah it was probably a heavy period but I swore I was pregnant and she said gosh it kind of sounds like you had a really early miscarriage and that was a shock to hear since um, I didn't really know that's what was happening, but I just had this feeling something was off. So she said, you know, no big deal. We can test if you want, but 
everything's fine. You're good to go to try again. Um, so three weeks after that appointment, I found out I was pregnant with my son. So thought, okay, that happens. You know, we're good to go. Had my son in November of 2016. No problems. Um, healthy little guy with the exception of um, because I had to have a C-section with my daughter because she was breech, my scar from that C-section was really, really thin since I had my kiddos 22 months apart. So they, my OB told me, you know, I know you guys want a third, you need to wait 18 months before you try again because we don't, that scar was so thin, we don't want anything to happen next time. So we did our due diligence and waited 18 months, started trying that first month that we felt like it was safe because we went a little back and forth on two or three kids that we were pretty certain that's where our heart was. That's where we um, wanted our family to be. So we started trying, kind of thought it would happen quick, like it did with the other three, um, and nothing was happening. Um, I was running. I trained for a half marathon at that time. It was my fourth half marathon, so I didn't think anything of it. I also started cycling quite a bit. I I'm doing the Peloton cycling classes. So I was working out really heavily, like five, six, seven days a week. Um, my job's pretty stressful. I work with really tough kids. I um, just have a pretty crazy busy life. Um, fast forward to January, or no, December of 2018. I had an OB appointment, was talking with my midwife. I was like, yeah, you know, we've been trying since July. Um, nothing's happening. And she asked if I was charting my cycles and said, yeah, you know, I was charting just like before. And um, based on when I thought I was ovulating, she said, gosh, you know, your luteal phase is super short. You might have a luteal phase defect. Um, and that's probably why you're not getting pregnant. And that's a result of you over-exercising and too much stress and probably toxins in the environment and so at that point, I felt pretty down that I had caused this um, stress and exercise overload that I wasn't getting pregnant again because I got pregnant with my first two, no problem. Um, so I went, she suggested going to an acupuncturist. So I started going there. They had me switching my diet. Um, I took the Chinese herbs, started using all clean products, clean beauty, clean you know, house supplies and things like that. Um, really tried to tone down my exercise and thought, okay, like I'm, I can get this under control. So she tracked my cycle for a month and then she put me on progesterone. So I was on progesterone on February, March, and nothing happened during those two months. And then April, I was on progesterone. We were, um, I was in Kansas City with my husband and Right before we left, I just decided to take a pregnancy test. It was super early, and this really, really, really faint line um, came up on the test. And I thought I saw it, and my husband was like, no, you're crazy. I don't see anything. So we went on this trip. I tested the next day, and there was nothing. And then I tested the day after that because I'm on, I was on progesterone, so I had to test the day that I was supposed to miss my period. Um, so I took a test and it was bright positive. So we were flying back 
home that day, super excited. Um, I called my midwife right when we landed and I kind of thought she'd have me go in for beta testing since they did that with my son after I had that possible miscarriage in between my kids. And she's like, nope, you're good to go. Everything's fine. Like you've had two babies, no problem. So I just went on my merry way, um, told my coworkers because I work in some um, dangerous situations. Sometimes I needed to tell my staff that I was working with pretty early for safety reasons. Um, so I felt like I had told more people than normal and I just had this funky feeling about it. Um, so when I was, let's see, five weeks, eight days maybe, um, we went down to Pueblo, which is like two hours away from us, and to visit my husband's grandma. She was turning 80 and it was her birthday and everybody was going to be there. And so my husband was suggesting like, hey, why don't we tell everybody since we're going to be there anyway? And our kiddos who were um, two and four were in the back seat. And I was like, well, what about the kids? And he had said, you know, well, my daughter Stella kind of already knew because she had already said to me one time I was like getting dressed and she said, mommy, there's the baby in your belly. I know there's a baby in your belly. And so I was like, well, I guess she already knows so we can tell them. So we told our kids, it's like this cute little note. We had my daughter read it and um, they were excited and then we were going to go tell the whole family. And that whole time I just had this feeling like, I just feel like this is too early. I'm nervous. Something's just not setting right, but it's probably fine. I mean, everything's fine. I've never had a problem before. So we told the whole family. They were all excited. Um, two days after that, within those two days, I started cramping quite a bit. And I had that with my son and my daughter, too. So I didn't think it was too big of a deal, but I called my OB anyway and was thinking, well, maybe I'll get an early ultrasound and then that'll reassure me that everything's fine. So they had an ultrasound scheduled for, um, it was on Monday and I was just shy of six weeks. So like, we're not sure if we'd see anything or not, um, but why don't you go ahead and come on in. That day I was at work. Um, my appointment was at the end of the day and around lunchtime, I went to the restroom and realized that I was bleeding and I automatically knew at that point something was wrong. Um, so I called my OB and they said, well, you have an appointment in a couple hours. You know, bleeding in early pregnancy is really normal. Don't worry about it. It's probably fine. So I was trying not to worry about it while trying to continue my job. Um, so then I went, um, went to the appointment and my midwife said, you know, it's really, it's really common that you could be bleeding. Let's just do a beta just to see, but I'm sure everything's okay. She did an exam and everything looked okay from the outside. So I went to go do the beta testing and our hospital has like an app that you get your results really quickly on your phone. And so I was sitting at home, um, hanging out with the kids and all of a sudden I got like a text message that you have a new lab result. And then the beta test was on there and the result was 
like, and it has like a little key, but anything under four was considered not pregnant. And my number was like 2.4. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I want to talk a bit about lube. Yes, lube. I would give a fair TMI warning beforehand, but let's be real. There's no such thing as TMI on this podcast. Okay. Who here uses lube? I do. Who here makes sure your lube is fertility friendly? I do. Even when not trying to conceive, I ensure my lube is fertility friendly because honestly, how is a non-fertility friendly lube even natural? Anyways, today let's talk Fairhaven Health's Baby Dance Lube. Baby Dance Lube is the only fertility friendly lubrication that is paraben free and cleared by the FDA. The patented formula is pH matched to fertile cervical mucus and semen. This means sperm won't die in the lubricant. Isn't that what we're all after? Now go get your baby dance on, ladies, and I always say keep your eyes on the prize. Don't forget to visit fairhavenhealth.com or use the link in the description of this episode to get your hands on some baby dance lubricant. Now let's get back to today's episode. And so that was a huge shock um, to think that I'm pregnant, have somebody tell me, yeah, everything's probably fine, no big deal, and then come to find out that like this test is saying I'm not even pregnant. And I also had gone in for my first appointment prior to this one. So they did a test at the doctor's office and it came out positive. I tested with four different kinds of tests. So I feel like I was pregnant. I felt pregnant. I knew I was pregnant. Um, I could have sworn my belly was getting bigger. Like, I don't know if that was just from the progesterone or baby number three. I don't know, but, um, I got my midwife called me and she said, Oh, did you see your results? And I said, yes. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And she went through this whole realm of things that could be. And she's like, well, there's a chance you were never really pregnant. It's like, gosh, that really hurts thinking that I wasn't pregnant this whole time, even though I know that I was. And so that just was a really yucky conversation to have. Um, so she suggested, she said, I don't know what else is going on. Um, you know, I think it's a luteal phase defect. However, they never tested my progesterone. So that was a guess. Um, she said, we could do an ultrasound and look at your lining. It might be something else, um, but I don't really know. And at that point, I just decided, why don't we just go talk to a specialist and get some answers on what's going on? Because I've been trying to do all these things and limit my stress and something just didn't feel right. So we got to the reproductive endocrinologist um, July of 2019. They started on a monitored cycle and they actually found out that I have low estrogen. My progesterone was fine. It was just getting affected by the estrogen. So that was a, that was a shock. Um, And we weren't quite sure, you know, what causes low estrogen. Of course I Googled everything. Um, And I was talking to my mom about this, like, gosh, I just have low estrogen. That's really weird. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I went through menopause at 40 years old. Like I was completely done at 40. She goes, that's not hereditary, is it? And I said, yeah, mom, like that, that is hereditary. Um, And that could be what's going on because at this point, I'm 32 years old. Menopause can start you know, up to eight years, perimenopause can start up to eight years before and just start adjusting hormones. So when we were talking to the reproductive endocrinologist, they said, yeah, that 
could definitely be a possibility, but it doesn't mean you can't get pregnant. Um, it just means that we need to support your estrogen. So we decided to try a monitored cycle um, with Clomid, but nothing else, no other interventions, because that way my insurance would cover it and just see what the Clomid would do. So my estrogen, when they tested it at peak, was like 66, and I think the normal range is like 187 to 382. And so it was really low. And so they wanted to see if the progesterone would help. And it did rise it up, I think, to like 178. And they said, well, that's really good. It almost tripled. Um, but it's still like right at that low end of that threshold. Um, so I just thought like, okay, so they need to try some other things. Went through that two-week wait period. Um, and I was a day late. And so I decided to take a test and I was pregnant. Um, I was leery from the very beginning, just knowing that my estrogen wasn't as high as it maybe should be and that I didn't have any other interventions aside from that. Um, I went to get a beta test immediately and it was only at like 4.6 at like four weeks in one day. Um, so I was talking to the nurse from the reproductive endocrinologist who's been great and she said, yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, this doesn't look good. However, let's just see what happens because you're really early and what we really want to see is that doubling. So she had me go in two days later. Um, it was at a seven at that point. So it almost doubled. And they said, don't do anything. Don't exercise. Don't do anything that would disrupt it. Let's just see if we can wait and see if the numbers keep doubling. So two days later, I went back in for a beta and got my test back on my phone and it was at a 2.5. So completely dropped, um, talked to my nurse and she said, I'm so sorry, you'll probably you know, lose this baby on your own in a couple of days since I was so early. Um, and I did, it was not, not fun, but manageable. Um, then about five days after that, I got this awful migraine that wouldn't go away. I had it for about a month. I had doctors trying all sorts of things to get rid of it. So we thought, gosh, that was a re reaction to the Clomid. Um, that, you know, this must just not be where my body's at right now. So my husband and I decided at that point to stop trying. Um, we started selling baby stuff. I went on a girl's trip. I thought, you know, I thought I could just logically, it made sense. I have a boy and a girl. I should be happy with what I have and move on with life. Um, and that's something a lot of people told me, the ones that knew about these two pregnancies. Oh, you have a boy and a girl. You're so lucky. At least you have them. It must make this whole process so much easier. And that, that really hurt. Um, and I can't tell you how many people told me that. But this is, these were babies that I lost. It doesn't matter what amazing kids I have now, I still lost a baby twice. And even though it was super early, I knew they were there and I felt pregnant and I knew that. And that was really hard to hear that kind of thing. And so I think I was logically just trying to tell myself, yeah, I, I'm probably just done. This just makes sense. Um, went into an appointment in 
late October with my OB, since low estrogen can be a problem long-term, I wanted to talk to her about options if I needed to be doing anything to support that. When I went in, she said, like, hey, I see you're trying to have another baby. I'm so excited for you. And I said, yeah, well, you know, here's the story and it's not working out. And she said, you know, I don't think you should let low estrogen stop you. There's ways to support that. If you want another baby, you should go for it. And that really surprised me. I thought she was going to tell me like, yep, your body's kind of done having babies. Um, Good thing you had your babies early, um, which I am so thankful that we happen to have our babies younger instead of me finishing out that PhD. Um, And I had my daughter when I was 27. So thankful for that. Um, But she kind of said, if you want it, why don't you give it another try? So we went back to the reproductive endocrinologist and I really felt like that's what my heart was saying too. I was not, I was not done, even though I was trying to convince myself that I was. So in November of 2019, we started a treatment cycle. We tried letrozole instead of Clomid. Um, I'm currently on a beta blocker for those, for the migraine. So they didn't think that Clomid would have that reaction again or if it was the Clomid at all in the first place, but they just decided to try letrozole just to be sure. Um, we got an HCG trigger shot. They gave me progesterone and estrogen patches. I was really excited and hopeful that like this would work because usually when things are going right in my body hormonally, we got pregnant and we didn't that cycle. And I was really bummed about it, but also in the back of my mind, so grateful that it wasn't another miscarriage. Um, There's a lot of fear in trying again that we're going to miscarry again and have to go through that whole emotional roller coaster. Um, So in December, okay, we're going to try again. I went in for my first appointment and I had a big cyst on my ovary, which I guess happens sometimes when you're taking these medications. So they told us to wait. So we're giving it our best this month and keeping our fingers crossed and we're trying to be hopeful, but it's a whole bag of mixed emotions for sure. Oh yes. Are you, (laughs) are you in the two week wait yet? No, we just, I actually just started Clomid yesterday. So they're going to try Clomid again. Okay. Yeah. Well, best (laughs) of luck. Thank you. It's scary, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's super (laughs) nerve wracking, but I'm happy that, you know, you're going with what your heart is telling you rather than what everybody else is telling you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's really easy to listen and let everybody else's thoughts and opinions get into our heads. But (laughs) for some reason, feels like they they have that right. I know. I know. Exactly. (laughs) So weird. It's so weird to me. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) But then again, before going through this myself, I might have been one of those people. So I don't know. (laughs) Right. I know. I think about how much I'm like, when are you going to have babies? Or what did you ask people before I've gone through this that I probably would take back now? Mm-hmm. for just, sure yeah <laughs> no I always ask at the end of every episode if you had one if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be um, my biggest piece of advice would be to be vulnerable and follow your heart regardless of what other people tell you or even what your head is telling you the right answer is only you and your partner know what your family's supposed to look like and 
if you want something, go for it. Yes, I 100% <laughs> agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, Instagram's probably the best place. Um, I do have my profile private since I work in a school, but please message me or um, I will always accept requests too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story with us. I so appreciate it. You are still in the trenches and I wish you the best of luck and you're going to have to keep us posted. Hopefully we'll do an update episode at some point. Will do. All right. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.